I think the players game should do their own Earl Grey tea blend. That'd be brilliant. I'd love that. It'd be really nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. What would you have in it? Well, that's interesting. I was thinking of having, like, I was thinking of having, like, grapefruit notes, you know? Ooh. No. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Playlist Game with James, Henry, and Lewis. How are we, guys? How are we doing? I'm great. I'm perfect. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, perfect. Great. Brilliant, yeah. Ready for another 30 30 songs in my ears. Well, yeah, you'll be happy to hear that today's episode title is Music About Music, which quite a fun one, I think. Uh, today's title was proposed by Henry, so tell us your motivations, tell us what you thought about it, and then we can go straight into it. Um, thanks very much, James. I picked this one because I think it's been referenced before about songs that we enjoy listening to that reference other music or other genres or their influences within them. Um, I think it's something that is worth talking about because realistically why aren't there more songs about finding your your calling in life and your inspiration songwriters and artists alike should really be writing about their their own experiences and what unites them and surely what unites them the most is their love of music and their influences so it really should be something rich for uh, personal expression that should be should mm. make for good playlists, I think. Hmm. Well, I'm sure it will. Should we get to song? Yeah, why not? So, this is my first song. This is No CD by Loyal Karna and Rebel Clef from Loyal Karna's 2017 album Yesterday's Gone. I thought this is a really good way to start off the playlist. It's got some good energy to it. It's got an unbelievable uh, guitar up to kick it off. Um, and this song talks about his musical influences and basically spending all his money on CDs and music uh, throughout his formative years. It's a fantastic song, uh, all about this personal inspiration uh, in an album teeming with personal stories and his own experiences and his life and I, th- I personally think that's a huge reason behind his popularity as a as a rapper is his honesty and his relatability I like the fact that when we saw him at Latitude last year he made his the stage look like his own bedroom he was wearing very much the kind of thing that you'd imagine him wearing just on a daily basis I think that's why people like him there's it's coming straight from you it's said it's coming straight from the heart it's not commercialised it's not packaged and yet it's still absolutely fantastic and yeah great listening yeah fair enough yeah i'm really enjoying the i'm really enjoying the guitar riffs on this as well i think that works really effectively i think you're completely right henry with your point about how people like him just because he's so relatable and he, he comes across really genuine yeah that's right and he mm. thinks about things that you know i think everybody in the youth of the uk at the moment can sort of relate to a little bit yeah, absolutely. It does feel like one of us a little bit. Definitely. So I'd like to think that this next song should be up both of your streets, I think. Oh. And it's it's quite similar in sentiment to my previous song, just about finding music and how that influences you growing up. Um, so this is... Um, this is LPs by Jeffrey Lewis a 2019 song from his album Bad Writing 
which is just a tremendously energetic song, all about tracking down uh, records and music in a bygone era of just gambling on random music. There wasn't streaming services. You would go into record stores and just take a punt on something for a very little amount of money. Pretty soon you figured out which records would be awesome or not. If the year was from the 60s, it was probably good bank. This song really, really appeals to me. I love the lyric in the song, which I think is coming up now. It says, if the year was from the 60s, it was probably good bank for your buck. If the year was from the 80s, it was guaranteed to totally suck. I just love that. <laughs> I love that. It speaks to me. I think, yeah, it definitely uh, agrees with your opinions. Yeah, absolutely. And his voice is fantastic. Um, yeah, it's awesome. It's really good. Brilliant. Interestingly, I wouldn't have thought this would be this last year. This song. What? Sorry. When did you say this was released? Uh, two thousand nineteen. Yeah, so last. This wouldn't. I wouldn't have guessed this was from last year. It sounds quite a bit older to me. It does. Yeah, it's got that. It's got a. Yeah. It's no surprise that he is someone who likes his sixties stuff and yeah, going no. into seventies. It's got that that sort of retro retro authentic feel to it. Yeah. With a with a great. Mm. Uh, Imperfect voice. He speaks. It sounds like he's speaking. Sounds like he's absolutely speaking from the heart. Just about the stuff that he used to love. It's just such a great, fun song to listen to. Right. So, after oh, quite an energetic lovely. start, I thought I'd just keep it going with another song with a similar kind of yeah, similar kind of ethos. This is basically oh, celebrating no. songwriters and artists that you absolutely just adore, and it's got nothing seemingly more than that. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. This is John Lennon is my Jesus Christ by Buzzard Buzzard Buzzard, which is a 2020 single from them. I believe their debut EP has either just been released or it just, just came, came out, out the okay. other day. And it's fantastic. Yeah, it's really good. And basically this song itself is just about how uh, he loves John Lennon. John Lennon is a Jesus Christ. He loves the T- uh, T-Rex's Mark Bolan. He loves David Bowie and he loves Bill Fay. All fantastic pioneers of music and songwriting from the 1960s onwards. And they package it all together in this really, really punchy two minute track, which is a great car song. It's a great song to just be strutting down the street. And really, more songs should be written about this. Just say, just saying, look, I just love this kind of music. This is basically what's influenced my sound and it influenced my life, and I'm just going to sing about it. Amazing. I like this a lot. They're, they're, a, they're a Welsh band from Cardiff, which is That's quite cool. cool. Bit of a representation from Wales there. Right. Are we ready for the next song? As always. So here we go. I thought we'd lower the tempo a little bit. <laughs> So this and it has a lot to do with uh, a song choice of mine from my previous playlist. This is There's an Awful Lot Wrong with a Little Bump and Grind from singer-songwriter Gavin Osborne (laughs) from his 2009 album Meeting Your Heroes. Um, I think a lot of the music that we're going to choose today is going to be about loving certain bands and loving certain kind of genres. I thought I'd slightly flip down its head. This is a song about hating a type of music um, and a certain artist and the context which surrounds it, which is the clubbing scene. And yeah, and it's just, it's all packaged in a gorgeously tender song. 
about letting your music prejudice just get the better of you that I imagine we can all relate to sometimes. You know, we're course, all people yeah. who like who like to think that we love our music and sometimes in certain situations where this music's just grinding at you, you just think, I just can't concentrate on having a good time now, this is just terrible. I don't know what's going on in R. Kelly's mind Cause I see an awful lot wrong with a little bump and grind. Oh, that's very. I really like that little, uh, little week that's by right. week. Yeah. Um, little nod. That's right. Yeah. R. Kelly, this, is, yeah. this isn't going away. <laughs> if there was any Next ever up. any doubt as to where we stood on R. Kelly, I think we've we've pretty much ironed that out. <laughs> so, I apologise if if uh, yeah, I'm playing him again, but uh, we have got another Divine Comedy song. Uh, so this is At the Indie Disco by The Divine Comedy from uh, his slash their 2010 album Bang Goes the Knighthood. It's an indie song about a love for indie music. I was like, what, what is there not to love about this? And Amazing. It's just about it's a great yeah, loving going to this indie disco which they go to every every Friday. And about how they, yeah, how he looks forward to it. How it references bands like Stone Roses, The Pixies, Blur, New Order. About the girl that he really likes. Um, it's just really nice uh, from from an artist who's able to turn so often the mundane and the everyday into something so poetic and glorious. He's just fantastic, and this song is one of his best. Yeah, I agree. This is really pleasant. It's a really nice. I song. don't know the Divine Comedy at all. This is really nice to hear. You know, I love my my strings, my slight classical influence on actual modern indie songs, and Divine Comedy is probably one yeah. of the best for for adding that in mm-hmm. in a way that doesn't feel like over encompassing. It feels feels warranted. Mm. This is my sixth song. This is Let's Dance. To Joy Division by the Wombats. God, I know their... how catchy they are. <laughs> From their 2007 album, A Guide to Love, Loss, and Depre- and Desperation. Um, and this song is unbelievably catchy, as you already alluded to. It's all about just purely a love for a particular kind of music to soothe any youthful angst you may have. Um, it's infectious and energetic as an indie rock song. It's everything you want, I think. Yeah, as indie rock goes, it is sort of the it's the it's an encapsulation of it, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. Bit of a baseline sort of level of indie rock. Yeah, but I like that. I'm really sad I didn't think of this. Uh, I think as we've said before, I do like being able to hear an accent in music. I think that's really yeah. I, it's it's something about it just draws me, and I think that's one of the strongest things about the Wombats in my opinion is is the accent. I'm quite looking forward to this next one actually because it's okay. it's it follows a similar kind of line of being short and really catchy and just and it's a slightly different take on music about music. This is favorite song by Hudson Taylor from their 2020 mm. album Loving Everywhere I Go. 
And it's not so much about a particular genre or music artist, but more about uh, the feeling you gain from listening to your favourite song, that sensation that washes over you. And they use that sensation to liken it to the effect that a special someone has on you. Um, and it's a, as a basically just a big, big metaphor. You make me want to jump up high You make me want to dance around You make me want to figure out it's their, their 2015 album, Singing for Strangers, which is uh, better than this album, if I say so, um, was actually happened to be in my car and basically played on a loop during the time that I was learning to drive. So Hudson Taylor holds quite a, quite a unique place in my, in my psyche and my heart. And this song itself is just really catchy and simple. And if you're anything like me, it was on a loop basically for a large part of lockdown I just it's just really hopeful and it's really lovely it is good I think predictably enough I, I do like it so this is my second song in a row that's called favourite song but this one's got favourite spelt the wrong way the American way this when, is sorry no go on well, I was just going to say when you put on the other song called favourite song that's yeah. the favourite song that I, this is the favourite song that I thought that favourite song was. Oh, I see. Oh, there but you go. That, I'm glad you played both. <laughs> yeah, exactly, just to get rid of any confusion. So this is, fa- like I'll say it in an American way, favourite song by <laughs> <laughs> by Sing Kane uh, from his 2017 album Life and Live In It. To that place when I lose my sense of time this is just all about that desperation that you feel to listen to your favourite song in the heat of heat of the moment. It's like as if it's that that melody is the only thing that will suffice in that particular moment in time. Um, Sing Kane is a Sudanese American musician called Ahmed. Oh my God, I'm gonna butch this. Abdullahi <laughs> Galab, who also worked as the vocalist and director of the band Atomic Bomb, which is a like a. Yeah, like a compilation of different people who were just dedicated to playing the music of Nigerian funk artist William Onyebor, who died three years ago, and he's like a big figure in 70s, not well, Nigerian funk, I guess. <laughs> mm. And um, that group also contains David Alban of Blur and Gorillaz, David Byrne of the Talking Heads, uh, Money Mark from Beastie Boys, and yeah. Alexis Taylor from Hot Chip, so was, uh, including others. But I thought they were the ones that I noted down as mm. we will know them. Yeah. So yeah, it's quite and he's and he's the lead the lead guy for that, so he's got some pedigree about him. Oh uh, yeah, I do like this song. I already had it so uh, it's, like, it's better than the last favourite song. Really? This is your favourite favourite song, you could say. <laughs> Other favourite songs. This is my favourite, yeah. Good. <laughs> this is oh, Glamorous yeah. Indie Rock and Roll by the Killers from their it's exactly exactly the song that I was gonna put on, <laughs> but I didn't. <laughs> there you go. Uh, from their 2004 album Hot Fuss. It's just a noughties classic, that album, and it's their debut album. Arguably their best, um, although I think we've had this debate before. I think it was, off, it was off the actual official podcast, but we have had this 
Yeah, we have had a This is great content. Though. Yeah, this conversation we had a couple of months ago. Yeah. Yeah, we don't need to go into you, it again. N- none of you heard it, no. but yeah, you remember that, right? I mean, we... No, yeah. I think I was saying... Samstown is also really good. I think it's potentially better, but Lewis seems to think that this one's better. But either way, it's very tight. It's a good summary. Definitely. This is a fantastic song. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And mm. it's better. Th- it's better than you think it's going to be it's one of those oh, songs yeah. that you're like you've played so many times during your youth and actually you turn it on and this bit when the chorus kicks in and the drums start to properly go for it and it's just a pure celebration of the music that they make and the music that's obviously influenced them and yeah yeah and it's and it's a really yeah it's great there's nothing more to say about it it's just fantastic mm. and we're rolling into my last song Ooh. so i think i did I think every one of my songs other than this one is from the 21st century which I think is probably a That's first for me. That's unusual for you, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's probably a first for me but this one I sort of made up for it. I went quite a way back. So this is Mr. Tambourine Man uh, by The Birds which is a which from their 1965 album of the same name. reached number one both in the UK and the US and it's obviously originally written by Bob Dylan which from the same year he wrote this and released it and it's just all about begging a musician in this case Mr Tambourine Man to supply a beat play some music so one can drift into a dreamlike state and forget about the world that you're actually living in Um, it's a big song in influencing folk rock and jangle pop which is obviously a genre that I think is that I love is arguably my favourite genre of folk rock, and mm. and in, and basically which then spawned essentially indie rock. Um, how we understand that, I'm um, this version like, and the response to this song and the fact that it got so big had a massive impact as you can hear on the sounds of Simon and Garfunkel, which came obviously very shortly after. Uh, it had a apparently had a really big impact on the feel and sounds of certain songs in the Beatles' Rubber Soul album. It sounds very similar to uh, Nowhere Man, um, mm. for example. And then further into future, without this kind of sound, you wouldn't have artists such as like Tom Petty, R.E.M., Stone Roses, The Lars. Um, it's very, very influential kind of sound and a really good cover. And that's my playlist. <sighs> yeah. That was as good Open as you mate. said it was going to be. To be oh, it was a strongy. Thank you. Okay, great. Thanks for that, Henry. That was very enjoyable. Um, yeah, I've saved quite a few songs from there, so I'm looking forward to listening oh, to them stuff. again. Our next playlist is by Lewis, so take it away, Lewis. Just just go for it, mate. Thanks, guys. Uh, this playlist has turned out better than I thought it was going to be, actually. I was quite nervous about making it. Uh, that it wasn't going to be very good but it turned out quite nicely so here we go so <laughs> this song is Who I Am by Toru Moi, uh, which I thought was appropriate because I think it was this song or a, a song from this album a few weeks ago that inspired Henry to choose this title when we were talking about uh, I think it was Laws of the Universe mm. and how that references lots of other songs uh, so this is another song from that album because that, that album has a lot of those themes about being a musician And it basically just, it's a really nice little ditty that details uh, Chaz Bear, who's the main guy from Toro Omar, 
his sort of struggle to sort of find his new sound and what he wants to do with his musical career in quite a nice uh, tongue-in-cheek kind of manner, which I really like. I love this song. I think it's just a great little jam. And I think, I think yeah, you can hear these songs. I'm just having fun with it, really. This album, uh, you know, reading some interviews with, with Chaz Bear about this album, he sort of talks about how he had this massive crisis before about how he's going to stay relevant, about how he's writing, you know, how his music needs to change. And then how he eventually came to a place where he was just confident to make the music he wanted to make. Mm. And how he's, he's just sort of stopped worrying about trying to please all his fans and just making what he wanted to make. And I think that really comes across in this album. It's quite, it's quite a good stance that you've had in choosing this song. Cause I don't think I, I don't think one of my songs really had that kind of, that kind of insinuation. Most of my songs are about loving other types of music and how, mm. and appreciating how they've influenced you. But this seems to take a different stance about actually being quite more, a bit more introspective about your mm. own music, which I think is a quite yeah. a refreshing direction to take this. Okay. So that nice little introduction, we're moving into my second song, which is from the 2008 album Flight of the Concords by Flight of the Concords. This is the hip hopopotamus <laughs> versus the rhinoceros, which is obviously a song about music. And it details these two characters, the hip hopopotamus and the rhinoceros, bragging how great rappers they are. I'm the motherfucking rhinoceros. My beats are fat and the buzz are on my back and I'm horny. I'm horny. If you choose to proceed, you will indeed. This is an absolute classic. I love it. Such a classic. I think I might know every word to this. I do know every word to this. I'm really resisting rapping. Yeah, I'm finding it really please, difficult. Please continue to resist. It's also really good to include some Flight of the Concords in this because that is a that is a show and a concept all about unpacking musical genres and either parodying them or celebrating them so it's very appropriate to have them in a playlist title such as this dear me I, it's going to be difficult not to pick that as my favorite familiar i must say <laughs> i will say actually i think if you listen to the songs on this album on the actual album version of this not the tv show or the live versions they're actually quite different uh in the structure and like a lot of the jokes they make. I think the album's much better than the TV show versions or hmm. the the point where I even get quite a little bit disappointed when I watch the TV show and I hear the songs not being as good as they are on the album. But what the albums in their isolation can't get, I think what is quite surprising about um, Flight of the Concords is actually that the acting and the dialogue is as funny, if not funnier mm. than the actual songs themselves. Yeah, no, of course. Normally of course. with that with that kind of TV show, you'd, as, you'd assume that one is going to be much better than the other, and yet that isn't the case, which is quite quite a uh, quite an achievement, really. Okay, changing up a little bit. This is uh, "Killing Me Softly" with this song uh, by the Fugees from their 1996 album, The Score. And I think it's a really nice song. I, it's not a song I know. I came across it uh, in me- making this playlist. Like I, I know the song. I've heard it, but I didn't. I wasn't, you know, knowledgeable on it. Mm. Uh, and I listened to it today, and I really enjoyed it. So I thought I'd put it in. How does it relate to? How does it relate to music? Music about music. Sorry. I mean, just the 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 context of the song is, you know, it's singing about this man who is seducing her. 
and how yeah with but with, with with his music and with with uh it's a metaphor you could say it's a metaphor Ooh, yeah. yeah but also it's i think it's quite literal as oh well. a literal one of those I, literal I, I think it details uh, a musician who who you know is sort of seducing her oh okay oh that's nice that's nice that's good yeah i like this enjoy this it has got a really strong groove to it and the vocals are just angelic that is pretty characteristic of the fugees of the fugees yeah that is, Are uh, you a fan of the Fugees, James? Uh, no, I know what. Like, look, looking at their profile, I've saved one of their songs, which is of course "Ready, or, Ready or Not," and I've heard some of their others. Sure. But yeah, they 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 do have quite distinct and recognisable sound, I think. Okay, this is my fourth song. It's called "I Love Lewis Cole," uh, featuring Lewis Cole from Thundercats' 2020 album "It Is What It Is." Uh, I love Thundercat. I think he's a really cool artist, amazing bass player. He's brilliant. Uh, and this song is called I Love Lewis Cole, featuring Lewis Cole, who is a drummer, who you might hear now. And how come Thundercat wanted to write a song about his love for Lewis, K- Lewis Cole? Sorry. I have no idea. I, I guess they just, uh, he wanted to collab with Lewis Cole, and they did. And this is what came out of it. Can you imagine getting that call? It's like, all right, I want to do a song. And then it's like, okay, what's the song called? Like, it's called I Love... Well, you, man. Do, do you want to come in? <laughs> it, almost feels, yeah, I, it almost feels like self-indulgent, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, no. Well, I don't know. Yeah. It, so, so is this song literally Thundercat's opportunity of giving Lewis Cole just a platform just to show off? Because there's a lot of drums in this song. Yeah, it's just yeah him basically. Writing a song that gives him a huge amount of stuff to do and just to showcase his talent to justify a love for Lewis Cole. I guess so, because this song, uh, if you listen to the album in, in order, this song leans directly on from the previous song, Interstellar Love. Uh, as in, like, there's no gap between them. It's just the fact that Lewis Cole, uh, Lewis Cole comes in and starts drumming over the, the beat of Interstellar Love. So that would not surprise me. Fantastic. I, I, I really like this. This is my uh, fifth song. My fifth song, yeah. This is called Glimmer from by Tame Impala. Uh, from the their 2020 album the Slow Rush. Crank the bass up. <laughs> and it's like, no, not really. And I realised I haven't played any songs from that album yet, and I love Tame Impala. Mm. Uh, so I thought I'd throw one in. It has a tenuous link about being about music. Uh, it's basically a a short little two minute instrumental interlude in the album but you probably heard that 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 little introduction there where of like a a tongue-in-cheek clip of uh of i think it's kevin parker or someone that he's talking to you know giving advice about how to make his stuff sound better his music sound better by you know cranking the bass up and everything he does and that's the and that's the the link to music about music. That's the link about music. About music yeah, well, it's, it's, yeah, we love a tenuous link on this podcast. We do. I mean, to be fair, it, as long as you you know you're finding a way to put Tame Impala in, so I don't think there's going to be too many. There's not going to be too many uh, outcries about that. Yeah. But Tame Impala does a lot of these little instrumental interludes in between his songs on his albums, and I really like a lot of them. Uh, another good example is Nangs of his last album, mm. which is a a great song, and I like that he just finds ways to you know sort of experiment a little bit with these little grooves and fit them into his album. 
even even more tenuous link is the next song. Oh wow. <laughs> uh, this is What Kind of Music by Tom Mish and Yusuf Days from their 2020 album What Kind of Music. The link here does go as far as, as the name being What Kind of Music. <laughs> I assumed that I assumed the lyrics had something more in depth about it, but I've checked and it doesn't. Right. And that the, the lyrics are actually very sort of abstract. Don't seem to say very much. Oh. You know, lots of in the corner of your eye, I'm a stranger you recognise. You go the way I go. Your words follow me home. But then maybe but that's a really good. But then maybe that speaks volumes in that a lot of the time music itself is abstract and it has very many yeah self-referential. There you go. I like this song particularly because I remember last time we played a Tom Misch song a few weeks ago. Mm. Uh, then there was Henry's criticism, which I kind of agreed with, that it's kind of a little bit gimmicky. This is uh, much less and, in your face, isn't it? Yeah, and it was like sort of aggressively funky and disco-y. Whereas, yeah, I think this is much more serious and a little bit more interesting. It's also got more, more texture to it as well. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a bit deeper. It's a bit more well put together. Mm. Sounds quite like a Tame Impala song, really, doesn't it? Yeah, to an yeah, it has that. It definitely has like a psychedelic element. Yeah, to that's it. right. Psych- yeah, a bit of that. And the whole album does uh, have that kind of vibe running through it, which I can recommend. It's a decent album. I'm enjoying this. Probably much to your uh, upsetment. Upsetment. <laughs> upsetment. This is uh, a Volpec song. This is Captain Hook, uh, featuring Bootsy Collins and Mushy K. Uh, from their, when was that, 2018? 2017 album, Mr. Finish Line. It's a bit of a jokey song about this character, Captain Hook, who is the best songwriter of all time. And how he can write these really catchy, catchy hooks. It makes jokes about how you know there's no need to steal from Marvin Gaye when the uh, the best lyrics are public domain. Isn't that referencing the Blurred Lines song? I think it might be. I think this is the first time you've played Wolfpack on our on the actual recordings we've done. Mm. Yeah, it might be actually. Which is pretty yeah. remarkable, really, seeing as the amount of, the amount that you actually idolise the band and just absolutely love that sound i think you really uh you really over- overstate that do you think i mean uh I yeah well so. I, i'm pretty sure i saw a shrine to wolfpack in your room actually. yeah <laughs> so don't know where we're going yeah. i'm a big wolfpack fan but i wouldn't say i idolize them oh, maybe not that is a bit strong okay yeah. uh, I, t- I take back i take back that use of the word idolize that should only wolfpack. be reserved for the, the gods john lennon yeah that's right yeah call it the buzzer, wolfpack buzzer, buzzer, is buzzer. my jesus christ yeah as the old song goes. Would, would Wolf, yeah, is Wolfpack your Jesus Christ? Where do you stand? How would you compare Wolfpack to any kind of religious figure? I'd say, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'd say he's at least like, he, they're at least around like a St. Peter. Okay. Okay. Mm, that's pretty good. Wolfpack's yeah. my St. Peter. Doesn't quite have the same ring to who is Who is your musical Jesus? Yeah, who, yeah who's uh, your musical Jesus though? 
I don't think that I'm my own musical Jesus. Thank oh, you very much. Jesus Christ. Mm, all right. Well, maybe maybe Henry Edwards or James Johnson. <laughs> James Johnston. <laughs> yeah. James Johnston. Yeah, Maverick. I'm a musical Jesus. You heard it first. <laughs> musical Judas. <laughs> oh. Yeah, well, wait till you hear my playlist. Maybe saying that again. Song number eight is Rock and Roll Star by Oasis which is the opening track from their debut 1996 album, Definitely Maybe. Such an Oasis song. It's such an Oasis song. And it's, yeah, it really just sort of set the stage a little bit for their, uh, their massive rising. Like that first lyric there from Liam Gallagher, that I love it, it's, yeah, is the most like it just it tells you what Oasis is, you know. Are you sure? Are you sure? Definitely, maybe it's '96. Is that debut album? Might be '94. I think it's for. Can't be that late. It's '94. Yeah, I apologise. Dear me, Lewis. What, yeah, bloody hell. This is about music and the respect of just celebrating the fact that they are rock and roll stars now. Well, I mean, it's before this was written before the, they uh, they were rock and roll stars. Yeah. Actually recorded before they were, and it says about how how tonight you know he is a rock and roll star. You know, like he's on stage, he's forgetting what he's going on in his life, and right now he's just on stage and he's a rock and roll star. Nothing else matters to him at that point. Also, it's the impact that music can have in elevating yourself. I guess, yeah. And that is how you become your own musical Jesus. Powerful stuff. Yeah. Very powerful stuff. Okay. My ninth song, which is making up a little bit for some of the shorter ones I've had. Oh my god. A, a nine minute <laughs> epic from LCD Sound System. I'm going to take a little wee break. As yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, Dance Yourself Clean from his 2010 album, This Is Happening. Which is a song just about the, the effect that music can have on people, where you know you can just forget about everything that's going on in your life, and you can just dance yourself clean and, and rock out in music for a bit and, and ignore all the stress going on in your life. It is such a cracking song, yeah. but it is incredibly long. I mean, it sounds like you're going to be rocking out for longer than just a bit, as you said. You're going to be rocking out until you're proper dripping with sweat if it's nine minutes. That sounds alright. No one can do anything for nine minutes. <laughs> so I did. Um, I did read that uh, so this song has a quite a long and almost you can hear it's quite quiet intro. Mm. So just done intentionally to make people crank their volumes up to hear what you're saying, and then obviously about halfway through the song, you know, it kicks in and it's very loud, very suddenly because he wanted people to have that mm. massive blast of music come out when it happens. Okay, cool. So my tenth song is <laughs> "Hey Ya" by Outkast. One, two, three. Uh. And I know you're sitting here thinking, what? This song isn't about music. And that's interesting because it's not directly about music. Uh, the way it was written, Andre, Andre 3000, the, writer, uh, the songwriter for Outkast, was trying to make a statement about the way people consume music. And if you listen to the lyrics, you know, people say this a lot, like it has quite dark lyrics. But he, he wraps it up in this... Uh, happy 
poppy kind of package and no one notices and he even apparently that was intentional like he wanted to write a song that uh that people he knew people wouldn't listen to the lyrics to and he even makes reference to that in the lyrics of the mm. song you know where he says you don't even want to listen to me you just want to dance <laughs> what a prophet what a prophet Andre 3000 yeah a lyricist I think I read something about it was like a list online I can't remember where it was but it was like the top 100 best songs to have on a party I think they put this song at number one which I think I can see because I think it it's got enough enough parts taken from various different genres for it to appeal to quite a few quite a few people it's got a bit of nostalgia to it enough funk but enough it also is it, it well. also is it's it's solidified itself as a party song so it's sort of it's almost self um self fulfilling that it's going to be a great party song yes yeah, which i i i think is you know all the more funny considering that it is writ- completely written as sort of a parody of that kind of that genre like he says how like a lot of the lyrics he wrote like this one's right now and, you know they're complete nonsense that he wanted to as a parody of of, of pop songs that have lyrics with no mm. meaning that people don't really listen to anymore yeah and no one listens to songs for their meaning anymore all right that brings us on to our final playlist which is mine and yeah, I, I feel slightly comforted. Like it's the most James playlist I think I've made, oh, and God. Uh, I'm slightly comforted by the fact that 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 last playlist by Lewis had Toro Moir, uh, Tame Impala, and Tom Mish, and Wolfpack, so... <laughs> and Wolfpack, of course. <laughs> so that was a pretty Lewis playlist, as they do. But yeah, so mine is mine is not similar, but it's it's similar in the in the fact that it's very typical of of me. This first song is Dreamland by Glass Animals. It is a 2020 single uh, from their, it's coming from their upcoming album with the same title, Dreamland. I think it goes back to sort of, sort of slightly older Glass Animals compared to what they've been coming out with recently, uh, which I quite enjoy. And the reason it's about music is that it talks about him writing and creating the album, as well as a supposedly every song from the upcoming album is referenced in the lyrics of the song. So yeah, and I'm, I'm interested to see what you think about this song, because if you haven't heard it, which I don't know if you have, but... I haven't. Yeah, so I'm interested to see what you think about this song, because it's different to what they've been producing recently, I think. Cool. It certainly is I different. like that it's... I like that it's music about music in the sense that it's literally about specific songs. Mm. Yeah, I thought that was quite a cool because it is basically it's almost an advert for their new album, which is kind of weird because it does very much talk about the album that he, the the upcoming album, and it also w- within that re- refers to each song in it. So, just I'm not sure I've seen that done before. Okay, so this next song is surprisingly powerful I've always found this is What If Punk Never Happened by the King Blues from their 2008 album Save the World Get the Girl it's a spoken word it's quite a long spoken word punk song about this alternative reality where punk never happened and it sort of explores 
the punk movement as a cultural phenomenon and the music itself and it talks about a lot of bands if only the foreskins had told us ACAB if only the Ramones and let's know we were a happy family if only the buscots had shown us it builds slowly towards the end and, and by the end you find yourself or at least I do I find myself getting quite like caught up in the emotion of it and I think the it comes through so strongly and the texture and the and the music builds and I, I think it's so effective I know I've said this earlier in the playlist but it is slightly surprising that there aren't more songs written with this kind of sentiment in mind mm. I think because don't you know don't hide behind surface level lyrics that just talk about the, every other stuff that you've heard before from artists trying to paint this image of yourself as this mm. this cool person and this person that wants to be loved write about stuff that the best art is all about the stuff that is directly on your doorstep for your own experiences mm. yeah. and it's going to be it's going to be better for it if you talk about stuff that you genuinely love people like listening to people who have a passion for a certain thing mm. and this song this song is better for it you imagine okay so this is a punk song that did happen this is Please Play This Song on the Radio by NoFX from their 1992 album White Trash. This is very typical old school NoFX and it's a song that talks about the emerging tropes of pop punk artists that get played on the radio. So they're trying to, they're poking fun of it, as they do in a lot of their songs, yeah. uh, just in their lyrics, and they, and they talk about the perfect formula for a radio song, and then sort of to entice the radio DJ into playing it. And uh, at the end, they just put in loads of swear words um, and say, <laughs> yeah, take this to the FCC. Very relevant to, again, very relevant mm. to this title. It's much less reverent. It's about songs that, again, that, that they hate and that they hate the, they hate the um, desecration of punk. Yeah, but again, uh, that's, that's it radio friendly. Again, that's interesting that all three of us have been able to include songs that that do that. That is not just about songs that are in complete awe at certain music styles mm. or people. Actually, there sometimes you are taking just like hey you are. Um, which is Lewis's choice did yeah. where it, it took a took a jab at the the synthetic nature of, the, of music companies and mm. music listeners and just as my Gavin Osborne song did had a had a go at just basically I just can't get into this music and it's impacting my ability to live and get along with people this is my third song it's Have a Cigar from Pink Floyd's 1975 album Wish You Were Here And it's uh, it's designed as a critique uh, of the hypocrisy and greed, as we love to talk about in the music industry. So it's more about the music industry than the um, the music itself, perhaps. But obviously, they're so intertwined. I thought I could put this song on, and it's just a, and obviously it's about this sort of this big music executive that doesn't really care. He's just there for the he's just there for the money, isn't he? It's just got they've got such a great sound to them, haven't they, Pink Floyd? Mm. It's just so they're so effortlessly epic. Oh yeah, this is the first Pink Floyd song that I think I like. I think like drew my attention to the band. Yeah, that's slightly think, surprising, really, because it's certainly I not think one of I, the biggest. Yeah, I think I I don't know why. I don't know why I liked it so much, or 
why I heard it sort of first, but uh, this certainly is in my mind as being one of the most, to me, uh, to me personally, uh, my mo the most influential Pink Floyd song. That like got me listening to the rest of the artists. Oh, you know lovely. I mean? My oh, my gateway to Pink Floyd. This was. Yeah. I loved this song when I was a little boy. A little boy. A wee lad. Aye. <laughs> but yeah, it's a obviously it's a great song. It's it's a cracking album, and this next song is much more superficial, but it's also got a very personal <laughs> touch to it. I think I may have played this before, but not on the recorded version of the podcast. But I may have put this on one of my playlists. I think before. you had done, yeah. This is Tenacious D's tribute from their self-titled 2001 album, Tenacious D. Okay, and we played the first thing that came to our heads. Just so happened to be the best song in the world. And obviously, this is superficially about the greatest song in the world that. Uh, Jack Black and Kyle Kyle Gass um, sung on a on that on a fateful night, and I still love this song. It's is I credit it as one of the songs that sort of introduced me to the world of rock music generally. Certainly, at this at this particular point, it's very much got some Led Zeppelin vibes about it, isn't it? I mean, it does. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, they they <laughs> yeah. have. They have. Uh... Well, I mean, yeah, but th that's the thing. They're sort of that. They sort of. That's why they're such a good gateway to rock, isn't it? Certainly. Because they don't hide their influences. Because as well, like, I've I think I found them so accessible when I was young because because it is funny, and you know and and as a kid I was like oh yeah I I find this really funny but then you start listening to the actual music and you're like ah. Oh, maybe I want some more of this. Maybe I want some more of this rock music they're talking about. It's and then you listen, you listen to a band like Led Zeppelin. You're like, yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, so I think that's why. I think that must be why it's such a good gateway into. Yeah, because you're almost working. Rock. You're working backwards. You're working from mm. the the parody back to the actual original. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think exactly. I think parodies are possibly more accessible for for children. Certainly was for me as a child. Yeah. So we've already had a Welsh band today. But we're not stopping there. Here's another one. It's more representation from Wales. This is a Welsh band called Helen Love. Uh, and it, it's a song called Girl About Town. But this is their 1996 EP called We Love You. And it's about this sort of washed-up former celebrity. I think it's set in Swansea. I think I remember that reading, reading that, but I couldn't find that anywhere uh, to write down. Um, but I just think it's, I think it's funny. Uh, it's, it's a, yeah, it's a humorous, uh, fun, short little song about uh, someone that sort of peaked, had a, like a one-hit wonder. She peaked in fame, and then, and now you see her about town, and just sort of drunk and in the bars, and and she's washed up, and she used to be. This, this hit, and now she no longer is. So maybe it's another perspective of the music industry in that this is this sort of music industry chews up artists and spits them out, and then yeah. once they're out again, that's it. This playlist has been good in, in that it's like a roller coaster of either really appreciating certain types of music or mm. being really damning about some the music's impact that it can have on society and, yeah, and people. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I'm going to continue that theme with this next song. Don't you worry. So this next song is a much more personal one, again. 
This is about the impact that music can have on people's lives. This is Beulah Loves Dancing by Planning to Rock from their 2018 album Powerhouse. And I think it's fantastic. Henry recommended it to me a year ago, and I, I barely listened to it. And uh, I had a thought, I just thought about it the other day for this playlist, and I think it fits really well. She loved house music and listening to stations in Manchester would make her own house mixtapes from the radio. I love the heavy beat combined with that spoken word and I think it works fantastically and I think it it brings such a good personal element uh, that is conveyed really strongly about this person's history and her youth and, and her love for music and, and how it's affected her life and her family. But still in a song, still in a song that is really like upbeat and good to dance to and, and catchy. I do remember recommending this actually, and I don't think mm. I've listened to it much since I've done that. So yeah, it's quite nice to. It's, it's like it's like seeing an old friend. Yes, yeah, it's, it's lovely, and it's it's such a simple song with I think what two spoken word verses that are so like naturally and candidly delivered that um, it really conveys that personal message quite well. I think. So this next song has already been played today, uh, much to my dismay because because this al- because this EP is so like brand new. It literally came out a couple of days ago. <laughs> I I was pretty certain that uh, I, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be played by anyone, but apparently that's not the case. So this is John Lennon is my Jesus Christ once again by Buzzard Buzzard Buzzard. Um. But contrary to what Henry said, uh, actually no, it's not contrary to what Henry said. <laughs> I thought it was, but I just read the quote now. I was like, hmm. I was about to say, how I, dare you? No, I think I I thought it was about uh, not necessarily uh, saying that idolization is is a good thing. Oh really? He said it, uh, there's a quote from an interview that says it developed. So they were just talking, and then he said it developed into a conversation about idolization and how fandom servitude and dedication to a certain character is universal and not limited to any particular religion or art form. Which, yeah, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but I don't think that's necessarily a good thing either. Okay, so this is back to my classic songs. This is Sell Out by Real Big Fish from their 1996 album Turn the Radio Off, and it is yet another punk critique of the music industry. This is a guy that wants to make his art so badly that he's quitting his day job, he's just going to believe anything the record company tells him, even though ultimately it's going to screw him over, and he knows it. And this is one of their most famous songs, or their most famous song? It's their most famous song, This I'm is sure. their most famous song by quite a long way. Because uh, yeah. people that listen to punk love to hate the record industry. Your your plays very much has has uh, yeah very much touched upon that kind of sentiment as it a lot, mm. which I think is a really mm. good thing actually because I don't think that my playlist did that enough. I think I had one mm. song that had a go at a certain type of music, but all the other ones were congratulatory and and as such potentially even self congratulatory. Whereas whereas <laughs> this one's had enough layers to it that it's it's said how important certain types of music are and also how bad certain types of music are and also how bad the context surrounding music production can be, mm. which is, and how toxic that can be. I think that's very, 
very impressive playlist, I think, James. Thanks, Henry. This Ooh, is my song. final song. Yes, of course it's Cake, because this is uh, a very James-sounding playlist. This is uh, Commissioning a Symphony in C, which is the first Cake song that I ever heard. And one of the reasons why I started listening to Cake is from their 2001 album Comfort Eagle, which is just a cracking album. It has a melody both happy and sad, built on victorious young triads. Does it criticise the commissioning of music? Is that what it's about? It criticises the aristocracy more than anything. I think it's saying like he's putting other stuff... Yeah, yeah. He's like puts other stuff to the side in favour of this sort of lavish lifestyle. Um, he's sort of, there's a, there's a lyric, with money you squeeze from the peasants to your nephew, you can give it as a present. So he's, so it's the exploitation of, um, of basically his subjects uh, in, fa- in favour of his lavish lifestyle, which is including uh, commissioning symphonies just to give us gifts and say, here's a symphony right. that you have. In this choice of music about music, your final choice, the final choice of all of our playlists, the end product, which is music, is evil, according to this summarizer. <laughs> so, so there you go. <laughs> this maybe, is a yeah. message from the playlist game. That's right. Music is evil. Maybe not what we exactly want to stress, <laughs> because I think otherwise this whole th- what we're doing is futile if it's yeah. For I what you mean. But it, it is as you, it's music as a status symbol, which I think maybe yeah, exactly. se- centuries ago was true, but. Nowadays, music comes from all kinds Every, of places. All walks of life, isn't it? That's right. And I'm glad for it. I am. I certainly am. And that concludes my playlist. Thank you for Fantastic. listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Brilliant. Good job. I had a lot of fun with that, and I, I really enjoyed listening to all of yours. So thanks, guys, once again. Right, so at the end of those three, once again, just cracking playlists, uh, we are going to give our awards, and they are, as always, uh, our favourite familiar, our favourite new song that we heard for the first time today, our least favourite song, and the most appropriate song for the title of the playlist today. So, Henry, you gave us the first playlist, and as such, you are going to give us your first awards. Okay, thanks, James. I will go for my most favourite familiar. I actually... There wasn't a huge amount of songs that I'd heard before today. Mm. Probably less than less than normal. Uh, slightly veering. I don't want to say John Lennon is my Jesus Christ because that was one that I'd I put already, and it does feel mm. like a little bit of a cop out. Mm. Um, I said I think at the time that it's going to take a lot to knock the Flight of the Concord song "Hip Hop Apotamus" versus the Rhinoceros <laughs> off that pedestal, and. I think it's I think it's just about held on, although um, yes. Blue Loves Dancing and Hey Ya are also obviously great songs. Mm. But the Flight of the Congos have a special place in my heart, and it, it just feels perverse to not go for them. <laughs> um, my f- most favourite new song that I hadn't heard, I will give it to What If Punk Never Happened, which is Ooh. which I thought was great. That uh, that spoken word song. I'm glad you enjoyed was that. Not, not what I was, yeah, certainly not what I was expecting. And mm. I think that will, in not a, the podcast format where I can just sit down and properly listen to the lyrics and the story mm. that it's wanting, wanted to tell, I think I'll, I'll really warm to that. So I'll give it to that. Mm. My least favourite, and this is tough, because I there wasn't a single song that I, I think if it came on, I would turn off mm. that was selected today. But I think, unfortunately, I will give it to Captain Hook 
which is the Wolfpack mm-hmm. song that Lewis selected, yeah, only because it just I Wolfpack's something that I'm on board with sometimes, and then so other times I'm just I I go quite tired of it, and it just sounds very yeah. samey. And I think the really good Wolfpack songs are great, but I think the average Wolfpack songs I think suffer because they they just sounds like it's playing it quite safe. Um, I don't know whether that's true, but it just sounds like it is. Mm. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, so I'll give it to Captain Hook, but that I will have to say that that's largely because of the stiff competition. Mm. And then most appropriate, I must say there was barely any songs. All these songs had very different reasons for being about music, whether they're tenuous or not, but they still spoke about either the music industry or celebrating type of mm. music or or yeah. or criticizing a type of music. But I think I'll go for my most appropriate as please play the song on the radio because although it wasn't cool. a song I necessarily loved, I think mm. that the sentiment surrounding it, which is basically sort of, which is very much linked to our podcast we did last time about uh, how we don't like the commercial, commercial mm. music done by committee and that you can see through that and the, the art suffers as a result. That song massively took a shot at that and I yeah. think was, was really clever and the lyrics, I imagine, which I will listen to again, I'd imagine the lyrics were, you know, were it's very tongue in cheek. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot of fun so, to listen to. Yeah. So I think that that was, and I'm and I'm really glad that a playlist title that was music about music had enough songs in there that weren't just weren't just heralding music. It was it mm. was taking a, taking enough of a variety of viewpoints about music and either how great it is or how below par it can be so i'll go for that one great all right uh thanks for that uh lewis if you want to go next okay cool um again yeah very good standing from everybody here uh i think my favorite familiar is gonna be it has to be glamorous indie rock and roll Mm. it's just such a good song and like i was gonna put it on here myself but i didn't and it's just so good i really enjoyed listening to that again today so yeah, it's gonna be there. Okay. Um, I think my favorite new song is gonna be "There's an Awful Lot Wrong with a Little Bit of Bump and Grind." <laughs> uh, I really, really enjoyed that. I mm. thought it was really good, and it's definitely something I'm gonna listen to after this. Uh, so yeah, I really like that. I think my least favorite song was "Hard." Um, again, just because it's such a strong standing. Uh. I'm going to give it to Mr. Tambourine Man. Fair enough. Just because it's not the kind of thing that I generally would enjoy listening to. Uh, it's not really my style, although it is obviously a great song. Okay, fair enough. Uh, and I think my most appropriate, I'm going to give to What If Punk Never Happened. Ooh. Just because, uh, like, yeah, how sort of passionate it was about the music mm. that they were making. And I think it really plays into that uh, that sentiment of music about music you know of yeah. the artist talking about what it was they love personally mm, as well as and the cultural influence behind that yeah exactly yeah it talks more more yeah it's wider than just the the music itself but also the lifestyle around it mm. well i'm really glad you enjoyed yeah. those a lot of love for that a lot of love for that song a lot of love. great uh so i will go next and i will start with my favorite new song which weirdly is the Loyal Kana song No CD. Although I have a, I feel like I should have listened to it before, but it didn't ring a bell in my mind, and I've just loved that uh, guitar riff, and I thought that worked really well with his voice. So I thoroughly enjoyed that song. So that's my favourite new song. 
I think my favorite familiar, I feel very unoriginal in saying this, but it has to be Glamorous Indie Rock and Roll by The Killers. Just because I love that song. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> there's no justification needed. It's just such a good song. I also think it's incredibly appropriate. And every time it comes on, I remember why I love The Killers, you know? Yeah. It's almost as if so. I knew that you two would be on this playlist, <laughs> would, be, would be on this podcast, sorry, so that I could just I could just get that award in. <laughs> oh, yeah, you pandered there, didn't you? Yeah. So I think the most appropriate, uh, weirdly, is the Torah Moir song, Who, Are, Who I Am, like a sort of introspective reflection on his own music and his own style and where he's going and what he wants to do. And I thought that was really powerful and I... and something that every musician must feel and i think that for that reason it must be so appropriate yeah uh, for the music industry what whatever style of music you do you're always going to have the introspection of what what am i what am i creating what should i create what am i going to create next you know so i thought that sure. was very appropriate sadly uh as with henry my least favorite was captain hook by wolfpack just don't stop putting wolfpack on Lewis. like but it it was such a strong a selection of songs yeah. from both of you and and that unfortunately was in my mind the weakest uh as henry said Wolfpack sometimes hits the mark and sometimes i feel it does not and this was yeah, one of those occasions very sadly but that is the end of my awards i hope you enjoyed those awards uh, great oh, awards. Thank thanks man much. thanks guys so yeah cracking playlist we'll come back next monday with a brand new episode What's the next title? I think it's Nature, isn't it? Nature, I think, yeah. The next the next playlist title will be Nature. Quite fun. I'm really looking forward to that one actually. I've got some good ideas, I think. And yeah. but yeah, other than that, we'll we'll uh we'll reconvene next time. So thanks for listening. Uh thanks for the playlist guys, but yeah, especially thanks to the listeners once again. If you want to contact us, we are on Twitter and now also Instagram. On both those social medias, we are at the playlist game. So you can send us your thoughts, feedback, suggestions, playlists of your own, criticisms, basically anything. We want to hear from you. And if you send us something good, we might even post it. So that'd be pretty cool. Uh, But anyway, thank you very much and good night or goodbye. Uh, Thanks, guys. See you later. Good night or goodbye, guys.